This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. Today's episode sponsored by Upwork. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's not. It's not. Um, but for anybody who's watching the video version, I have an Upwork mug. And I was like, hmm, this looks like a little sponsorship. So apparently I will work for mugs. I'll do free sponsors for you if you send me mugs. I'm just saying I like mugs. But seriously, if I had to choose a sponsor for today's episode, it would be the Social Media Management Accelerator. For those who haven't been following me on Instagram, Instagram or TikTok or anywhere where I've been talking about this, you definitely should. I'm at the Latasha James, but the Social Media Management Accelerator is my live four-week course for social media managers who are looking to up-level and for those who are interested in social media management and want to know what this is all about and get the essential skills that they need to go out and get clients. In addition to learning about social media strategy, workflow, client communication, we're also doing things a little bit different this time around. And I will be doing a special section just on selling and pitching, putting together your packages, creating proposals, like actually getting the job of a social media manager. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Class kicks off in less than a month. We do live lessons, live Q and A's. It's not just like a course where you, you know, take it and never hear from me again. It's very interactive and it is just so much fun. But anyway, I thought I would do a chill Q and A today. And uh, I've got a lot of social media management questions, some just general business questions, some questions about SMMA, and a couple of life questions as well. So buckle in, grab yourself a drink, and let's get started. As a social media marketer, do you have to create the content for the client? I've been told that I don't have to, but I'm confused on how I'm supposed to create a content plan and schedule when I don't make the content. Okay, so I hear this a lot on marketing Twitter. I hear like a lot of arguments back and forth about social media managers do not create content. And uh, it depends, like anything, like any job. I mean, I can ask a chef, I don't know, do you ever serve food yourself? And I'm sure some would say yes, you know what I mean? Every job is different. What I find, and in my experience, I've worked with Fortune 500 companies, I've worked with nonprofits, I've worked with very, very small startups, I've worked with solo businesses, and of course I've been my own social media manager for my own business. What I have found is that those larger companies, those Fortune 500 companies, those corporate companies, some of those bigger startups with a lot of budget, sure, they will have a content creator, a content team, copywriters, photographers, videographers, whatever. But if you're working with those smaller companies, solopreneurs, mom and pop shops, uh, nonprofit world, sorry, not a lot of money in, in that world typically, yeah, you're gonna be making the content. So I think, What's important to know, what you can gather from this question is figure out what types of clients you wanna work with and then learn those skills accordingly. If you know it's really important to you to just help solo businesses, very, very small businesses, then yeah, you should definitely be experienced, know a little bit about creating content. But if you're like, no, I just want a typical nine to five job or I wanna work for like, I don't know, Capital One or like, you know, some huge company like that, then you probably are going to be more on almost like an admin side of social media where you'll be scheduling stuff and you'll be 
doing meetings and maybe doing some strategy stuff, but you won't be like taking photos and stuff for a brand like that. Similar question, do you have your clients write the captions for their posts? Again, it's gonna depend on what your team looks like. Do you have a copywriter on the team? When I worked at a Fortune 500 staffing company, I did have a copywriter, not, she wasn't my copywriter, but for the team, uh, there was a copywriter for the marketing department. And so I would write the day-to-day -day social copy, but when we would have like a big campaign, like a Mother's Day campaign or a big hiring event or something like that, we would often have her write the copy and I would just do the strategy and do the actual posting. So again, it depends. For most of my clients, yes, I am writing the copy. Most of my clients do not have a copywriter dedicated to just social media. What is your favorite part about being a social media manager slash creator? Um, hmm. I mean, obviously as a freelancer, as an independent business owner, I love like the freedom that I have. I can kind of do what I want. Most days, if I'm not feeling it, I can take a nap and try again the next day. Obviously that has drawbacks too though, because of course what I put in is what I get out. But I, as far as like the actual role, I mean, I just love that I'm able to be really creative with YouTube in particular, and even content creation for my clients. Like I love being able to use some of the skills that I've learned over the years and just like be able to try interesting new things and play around with music and visuals. Like those are things I'm really passionate about. So it's really cool to be able to use like some of my biggest passions every single day. And then um, as far as like the more social side, you know what I love about social media I love that I have the social media management skill in my tool belt. I can go and get a job if I really need to or want to. I can take on more clients if I need to or want to. And the cool thing is like, it's such a growing industry. Everybody needs a social media manager. I mean, it's really hard for me to think of a business that couldn't benefit from having a social media manager or social media marketing team. So I think it's really in demand and therefore I feel pretty good job security. You know, even if it's not maybe the dream thing that I want to be doing, I know that I can probably go get a job somewhere if I need to. So it feels like a, just a good skill to have. Do you think Instagram is losing its personality? I mean, listen, I, I don't do the whole like updates on every single Instagram algorithm. Like I don't comment on all that stuff just because part of this, part of being in this role is knowing that like the only constant is change. I mean, we are living history, if you will. I mean, 10 years ago, this job didn't really exist barely. So we have to understand that things are gonna be constantly in flux. I'm not gonna like everything. Do I like that Instagram is just all videos now? I don't. I personally do not. I went out and I got a new phone finally after several years because I was like, okay, one of my biggest stresses right now is that I have this small phone and I'm having to watch videos on my phone all the time and I don't like it. And maybe I'm 90 years old, whatever, it's fine. But we just have to adapt like every banker, I'm sure doesn't like every banking regulation. <laughs> every accountant doesn't like every change to the tax code, right? I'm sure they actually hate most of them, but this is, you know, this is life. Uh, to answer the question directly, yeah, Instagram isn't my favorite in that regard. I still love Instagram for stories. Like that is my number one feature that I use. I post on stories almost every day. I think it's just a really, quick, easy way to connect with my audience and, you know, take this for you and your clients as well. Like, I think it's just a really quick, raw, immediate way to connect with people. So no other platform or feature really offers that to me 
at this time. I can't really think, maybe Discord, I don't have a Discord, but maybe something like that is similar. But I do think that is its big strength for me personally. Where can I find the best tips for LinkedIn company pages? I have several videos. I will link some for you if you wanna check those out. What happens after securing the client, like the first two weeks? So, the first thing that you'll need to do is have some type of a strategy conversation, meeting with them, and figure out what exactly you're gonna do and what their goals are, most importantly. It is super important that you are aligned on goals before you start creating content and putting all this stuff together. Then usually what I do, I usually have a, a week lag, like it's gonna take me at least a week to put together a content calendar for them. Now, I might still be in there if they already have an existing social platform. I'll, I'll check inboxes, I'll respond to things. I might post a couple of really quick posts, but I'll have like the full-fledged calendar ready for them on week two so they can approve it. And then we're gonna go live at the end of that week, hopefully. Hopefully we can turn it around quicker, like that's always my goal, but you do need to write in time for yourself to actually like put the stuff together. It's also gonna depend on whether or not you have to create content, whether or not you have to request content. So honestly, it's, it's kind of hard to say, but that's the short version. One of the things that we do in SMMA, actually the first call is all about social media management workflow. So I kind of go in depth about each each hypothetical situation, like do you have content? Are you creating the content? Are you starting completely from scratch? We go through each of those sort of scenarios so you have a more accurate timeline, but that's the short version. Do you need to specialize in one platform? I just talked about this in my last video. I think it is helpful. It's definitely a trend that I see, especially as just more and more features and platforms keep popping up. How do I retain clients? Great question. Retention is so, so important. And it's just something everyone wants to talk about how to get clients. Nobody wants to talk about how to keep them. Uh, do a really good job. And this is something that is maybe an unpopular opinion, but this is one of the reasons that I'm an advocate for slow, steady growth over these, I woke up and I was a millionaire kind of stories. Like, I mean, of course there's good and bad to that. Uh, you know, whatever, your journey is your journey. But for me, I was really glad that I sort of had this slow, steady growth because I was able to really nurture every client, do the best job that I possibly could for them before like biting off more than I could chew. And I kind of had like a, a moment a couple years ago where I was realizing I was doing a really good job selling to my clients and closing deals. And I was still doing a good job with their accounts. I mean, who knows, maybe I wasn't doing as good of job. It's hard to say when you're in it, but I definitely feel like I was doing a good job for them. But I personally was so burnt out because I had so many clients off on a tangent here, but long story short is do a really good job for them. I think also, you know, I am a fan of honoring loyalty as well. So don't get me wrong, raise your rates, all that stuff. But like, you know, also if somebody's been with you for years, maybe they got a little bit of a discount. Surprise and delight. I love a good surprise and delight. I posted an Instagram story about it over the holidays, but like my photographer, she hand delivered like a bag of just like some little goodies, like nothing too, you know, ostentatious or expensive, just like some chocolate, like some cute little things like that. I mean, I know 
it sounds maybe simple, but people just, again, they love to feel appreciated. So I think that is a really good way. And I also am going to say communication. You know, I think that goes into doing a good job, but making sure that you're having regular communication with your clients is super important. Show up. People are far less likely to get rid of somebody that they have a good relationship with, that they look forward to seeing every week or every month or however often you're meeting with them. And they're also going to feel on the same page and they're going to be knowledgeable about the value that you bring to their business. If you are showing them every single month, if you're showing them reports proactively and they're not having to dig and say like, okay, what impact have you actually made on our business? You are proactively telling them about that. Yeah. I think those are some great ways to retain clients. Favorite moment of running your business thus far or a day you would like to relive. Wow. That is deep. I love this question and I should have, I looked at it when I was copying them into this note, but I should have thought more deeply about it. I mean, okay, I think my favorite moment that I really recall was when I launched the social media management toolbox. This is basically a template pack for social media managers. It's very, you know, affordable and it's just like a quick products. I didn't really think much of it. I sort of had all this material from working with my coaching clients over the years. And I just was like, let me put this together basically and throw it into Thinkific, record a couple of videos to go along with it. And maybe hopefully, you know, some people will like it, but I didn't think it was going to be as big as it has become. It is now my biggest seller in terms of units sold. The social media management accelerator is a higher ticket product. So it sells more dollar wise, but the toolbox sells more units. And when I launched it on a webinar, that was the first time that I saw like more than a thousand dollars come in on a webinar, like on that one hour call. And that was just, I don't know, it was just such a cool moment because I had been doing this for so long. I'd been giving free stuff away for so long and, you know, teaching on YouTube and my podcast for so long. And it finally felt like, okay, like people are willing to pay you for this knowledge and for the help that you're giving. And you're also serving so many people, like seeing all those names just come through my phone every few minutes was like, this is a new person that is starting their business now, or that is going to better serve their clients and retain more of their clients. And it was just really cool. I think I cried. Like I was, I have an Instagram story. I'm pretty sure of like me crying. Cause I was like, I've never had a launch this big. Now I really think I'm going to cry. Cause I actually, <laughs> I actually looked at my um, orders. Cause I like was not watching them on the call and you guys we beat my goal even through all the technical craziness thank you guys you guys are the best i don't know know the numbers but i think it was my first five figure launch actually which was really cool and a day that i would like to relive honestly like a recent memory was when i went to dallas for digital summit just to talk i love talking i love exploring i love going and traveling for work it's just really fun i love dressing cute you know um yeah, that was a fun day, a fun recent day. Um, any any business travel, I guess. Well, not any, let's be honest. How do you start your day to keep motivated on your daily tasks? Every day is a little bit different for me, but I try to follow a pretty similar morning routine, which is wake up, have coffee, have water, have breakfast. I try to eat something healthy that has protein in it, carbs in it. I'm a big carb person that has fiber in it, you know, all of the good stuff. And um, nutrition is super important on the days when I don't eat well or I don't eat at all. My whole day is just screwed up. So that's very important. And then I have been doing a walk at my desk. I bought an under desk treadmill, which I love. So I try to I try to get 10K steps in every day. Um, so I usually do at least five in the morning. 
And while I'm doing that, I'll like check emails. I'll usually listen to music while I'm doing that just to start the day in like a good positive mood. As far as like actual tasks, I do like having a checklist, like a to-do list for the day. I need to get back into a physical checklist. I was just talking about this to one of my friends. I used to do this when I was first starting my business. I would write down every single thing, like reply to this person, post this Instagram, do this, do that. And I just kind of fell out of the habit with it, but it really does help. And it also helps minimize distractions. So I'm not having to have like a to-do list on my phone or on my computer. So um, yeah, those are some tips, I guess. How do you handle clients adding more work than you agreed to? So this is called scope creep. I think I have a video on it, I wanna say, so I'm gonna link it. I think it might be a YouTube short. I will link it if I have any information on it. But the long story short is call it out. I mean, there's no, you, you, you don't wanna get in the habit of just, oh yeah, sure, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. I mean, call it out within reason, right? I mean, there's also like, I think a little grace period. I, I can speak to freelancing from both sides because I've hired many freelancers. And of course I've been a freelancer for many years. And I also will say the freelancers who I hire, who are like, oh yeah, you held me for one extra minute on our call. I'm gonna charge you for that. Like, those are not people I'm gonna hire again because you don't care. Like, you just don't care about the business. And I get it, nobody's gonna care about my business, you know, like me, but it's not a good look. So call it out within reason. You do wanna under promise over deliver to some extent to your clients, but if it is like, hi, can you send this email campaign and you're a social media manager, like, no, that's out of bounds. If they're asking you, hi, could you check our social inbox once, you know, after normal working hours, because it's this once a year conference that we go to, I think that's different. Do we get a certificate in SMMA? Yes, that is something that I'm really proud of and people seem to really enjoy. You can put it on your LinkedIn, you can share it with clients, uh, you know, you can just talk about it at your next job interview, but you do get a certificate of completion from the course once it's over. There are also assignments as well, they're optional. So you, you know, I know everybody has lives. Some of you have clients already. Not everybody is able to submit all the assignments, but if you do want assignments, I personally grade them. So there are four different assignments. I will personally grade them, give you feedback on them so you know how you're doing. Um, one of those assignments is a portfolio. So if you want me to critique your portfolio, uh, that is an option as well. What time are SMMA classes and what if I miss one? So they are on Wednesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which I believe is 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Central. Now, if you miss one, that's totally okay. They're all recorded and they're all uploaded to the course platform within you know the, the day. So you can always rewatch them. Also, SMMA is yours forever. So it is a four-week program, meaning like, I'm there live talking to you and answering your questions for four weeks, but you get access to all of the materials, all of the live classes, as well as all of the on-demand classes that are uploaded into the platform for as long as the platform exists. So you, you know, if you miss something, no worries. You can always rewatch it later. You can always rewatch it in a year, you know, if you're not at that point yet. How to deal with a client who knows more than me. Knows more than me was in quotes. So I think they mean like that thinks they know more than me. My answer to this is always data. Use data to kind of back up your decisions. You know, don't just say, oh yeah, I think you should do this TikTok thing because it's cool. Like you wanna say, uh, your competitors 
all did this or, you know, whatever, like the top performing Instagram accounts use Instagram reels. So we should be using Instagram reels, you know, use a little bit of research, some data. Don't just say like, oh, things are cool. I want to do this. But at the same time, I'm also going to say if they are constantly belittling you, they're constantly being like, well, I know this. I, I used to. I've had this experience before where like somebody would be like, well, my husband said I should do this. And I'm like, cool, then have your husband run your social media, you know, like whatever. Again, use your best judgment because if they're gonna be constantly doing that to you, they probably don't respect your expertise. They don't, you know, respect you as a service provider. They're just looking for somebody to do what they wanna do. And honestly, it, you know, it might be the best scenario for them to just like get a virtual assistant or something who will do just more admin stuff and less strategy. So use your best judgment, but also be able to speak to your decisions from a data-driven angle and not just like, I feel like doing this. Okay, really quick, some life questions. When did you realize you needed more work-life balance? I don't know that I like really, I don't, I don't really use the term work-life balance very much because I'm gonna be honest, my life is very like heavy in the work area. Like I'm just keeping it real with you all. Um, I use the term work-life integration. I want my life to work nicely with my work. You know, I just want to feel good about what I'm doing, um, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, maybe I can do a video about work-life integration at a different time. Let me know if that's interesting to you. But yeah, I definitely realized like my work was not conducive to my life when I was taking on way too many full service clients. Again, kind of going back to, I mentioned this earlier in the video, I was taking on way too many full service clients. They were like super hard on me. They were always, always emailing me all the time. I was also taking on many coaching clients at the same time, which I love working with coaching clients. But when you're working like with five and you know, you're getting DMs from your clients, from your coaching clients, you're getting I just had no room to like think. And obviously, you know, I wasn't doing as good of a job for any of those people as I could have because I was always like stressed out. And it was like, this is just not, this just doesn't work. So that's when I raised my rates for everything, for full service. I raised my rates for coaching. I took on way less of all of those things. And I really pulled the lever on digital products. And that enabled me to help way more people for way less I don't want to say way less time, but way less energy, like that kind of energy. It's a different kind of energy, but it's definitely a lot less like people interaction. I don't know if that was a answer at all. Um, marriage. Did you always know you wanted it? Who taught you about it? No and no one. Yeah, no, I never thought I would get married. And uh, who taught you about it? Books, therapy, friends, talking to friends. I'm like a super open book with anybody in my life. So um, I love having deep conversations with all my besties. How is your home coming along? It's good. It's good. Um, yeah, we've got, we still don't have like poles, cabinet poles on our kitchen cabinets, which I realized the other day. I was like, wow, that's probably should have been the first thing we did. So there's like things that just, you know, take time, but uh, I'll show you one of the favorite areas, one of my favorite areas of the house. It's like my little loft area upstairs. I think eventually I might look into doing built-ins, but then I'm like, I don't know, resale value, should I drill in the wall? I haven't decided yet, but it's super cozy right now. Like it's not perfect aesthetically, but it's super cozy. I spent a lot of time up there. Yeah, um, I don't know, it's, it's good. It's just really nice to have space. And the last question is, what's your favorite comfort drink lately? Well, speaking of the home, the best purchase, I'm telling you this is my best advice, if you can swing it, invest in the refrigerator, refrigerator, refrigerator with the water. 
I drink a lot of water and I was like, I really, it's a lot more expensive. I'm going to be honest, but like, I think I will use it. I really think I will. And I drink so much more water now that I have this fancy little ice machine. It's so nice. Um, so that's really my drink of the moment and black coffee. Um, but now that it's almost fall, which is of course the best season of the year, don't fight me about this. I do usually have like one or two pumpkin spice lattes a season because you know, I'm basic, whatever, it's cool. Yeah, so that. <laughs> okay, that's it for today's q and I hope you enjoyed. These are always like the least commented on episodes. So if you watched on YouTube all the way till the end, leave me a comment and just like leave me your favorite emoji just so I know that you're with me. And thank you for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. Leave links that I mentioned in the show notes and I'll see you next time. Bye.